Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about right brand bacon Mm -hmm. because they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Right Brand Bacon. That's called Right Brand Bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. That was an awesome little intro there. There was like a little bit of chariots of fire in there. Like I was getting pumped up as we were hearing all of the audio from what was one of the best sports weekends I can remember in a long time. I'm probably a little bit biased because I'm from outside Philadelphia and the Phillies took care of the Braves. The Eagles are still undefeated. But all the way around, I mean, unbelievable college football, Utah and Tennessee, which we'll get into. And the baseball, baseball's wild, man. I mean, the best teams are gone. The Dodgers aren't in the playoffs anymore. It's absolutely wild. Ross Tucker in on a Monday for Dan. I probably do this, I don't know. Every few months, I get a chance to fill in for Dan with the Danettes. I think most of you know by now, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. I got a bunch of different media gigs now, a bunch of different podcasts, and I'm a frequent guest with Dan on Mondays, actually, which is why I love being in here today. This is the first time in a while, though, that I've been like nervous to fill in for Dan. Because after I tweeted last night at Ross Tucker NFL that I was filling in for Dan, 
I would say half the responses I got were, <laughs> don't touch anything. Don't move anything, dude. Don't touch anything. Now you guys have me like all in my head because I like to have like my own laptop when I'm here, right? Because I have notes. Oh. So I moved like Dan's keyboard. I'll put it back when I leave. It's funny because the first couple times I came in to fill in for Dan, you guys would tell me like, hey, don't move anything. And I thought like Dan will get upset. I thought you guys were joking. You were totally serious. Like he really is like that. 100%. It, it is not even close to a joke. Like we're trying to do you a favor. Yeah. And you're like a bull. You know, you're the, you're like 6'4", 240, right? 252, yeah. 6'4", yeah. and 5'8", 252. Just to round it. But you can knock stuff over just with your presence. Yes, he. It's it's totally like self-serving too, because it's not that we don't necessarily want Dan to be like he's going to come in and be upset. It's that we don't want to deal with him being upset over like, <laughs> oh crap, that coffee mug up there was moved an inch to the left, and now he's going to obsess over it all day. It's going to ruin our Monday or Tuesday or whenever he's back. You know what I mean? Well, I don't want to do something that causes me to not be invited back. You guys invite <laughs> me all the time, so I know you like what I say, I guess, or <laughs> on the show. Pretty sure. You wouldn't invite me back, but I, I guess I don't want to move anything. I, I will say this. I think I feel like the last few times I was in for Dan, it was like May. And I don't know, maybe we talked to NFL draft or something. This is wild. I can't remember the last time I was in for Dan, like in October. It's sometimes when you're on the air, you have to figure out, okay, what, what are the topics today? This is one where it's like, what don't we talk about? What what are the biggest topics? And I'm going to throw a little curveball. Get it? Oh, I'm going to throw a little curveball and start by talking baseball. You know why? I am now convinced that there is no sport where there's a bigger difference between regular season and playoffs as baseball. It's not even close. You can't get me to watch a regular season baseball game on TV because it's like baseball's hilarious during regular season. They win and they're like, yeah, we won. Play again tomorrow. They lose. It's like, yeah, we lost. We'll get him we'll tomorrow. I mean, baseball, I, I can, no, I can go to a baseball game. I actually went to a guardian baseball game in August. It was amazing. I had four brats, six beers midway through the second inning. I totally get why people go to baseball in, in my mind. Honestly, I was I was with the Eagles because it was during the the preseason games and they were they were going to play the the Browns. I didn't care if there were eight year olds on the field. It was a beautiful Friday night in cl downtown Cleveland. I'm drinking. I'm eating. It was amazing. But these playoff games, because I'm a, I'm a Phillies fan, right? At heart, every pitch is so intense. It is amazing. The crowd is going nuts. So I, you know, I, we know that they amp it up in terms of the intensity in like playoff hockey, right? NFL, they, they increase the speed, right? They're flying around. NBA, it's like they're playing harder defense in the playoffs. I am telling you right now, I think regular season baseball and playoff baseball are like two different sports. And if people think that I'm wrong, or if you agree with me, I want to hear from you. 877-3DP-SHOW. You can email us, dp at danpatrick.com. You can always email me directly over at rostucker.com. You can go to danpatrick.com, shout out chat row. You can hit us up on Twitter. 
The show is at DP Show. I am at Ross Tucker NFL. What does Dan always say? I want to welcome in our television audience on Peacock. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, all of the affiliates. I think last time I checked, it was 3,428 Fox Sports <laughs> Radio affiliates. And I love my peeps that listen later via podcast and will tweet me at 10 o'clock at night. You're totally right about baseball, bro. Totally right about playoff baseball. Because in their mind, they're listening to it live. I love it. I got a bunch of podcasts myself. You guys ever miss me, including the Ross Tucker football podcast. But the thing that's interesting to me about baseball, not only the intensity difference, okay, but there's people I know that are really into baseball that are really starting to complain about the playoff format. Shorter series? I mean, the Mets won 100 games, and they're out in a three-game series. The Dodgers, like, so the Dodgers own the Padres, except for this most recent series. The Brave, I'm a Phillies fan. The Braves own the Phillies, except for this playoff series. I think you can make an argument. Now, I will tell you, I think it's better that way because I like the uncertainty. But there's got to be people out there that are thinking, this isn't right. We need to have seven-game series. The Padres aren't better than the Dodgers. The Phillies aren't better than the Braves. I like it because I like that once you get to the October, anything can happen. Right? Do you guys all like it, or is there someone that would argue it's not the best way to determine? I feel like out of all the sports, the sport where the best team wins it most often is the NBA. NBA, the best team wins it, seven-game series, whatever. Second, I think it, I, second might be the NFL. The best team wins it in the NFL a decent amount. I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like the team that deserves to win it wins a decent amount in the NFL. Hockey, like, there's no telling what happens. Hockey is whatever. And baseball, I mean, I don't know, maybe baseball – We'll see what happens with the Yankees and the Guardians tonight. Seton. Baseball is so strange because you can win 111 games and it means nothing. <laughs> yeah. You can, I mean, then why? Well, did, no, they, it, it got them a whole series. They didn't even have to play in the first round. Okay, but so then. It's like, it's like they won a whole series. Yeah, but it's still like you, okay, so you won 111 games. Yeah, but can you beat this next team four times? And then can you beat this next team or what? You know what I mean? Like you still have to, you, the, the, ultimately the 111 games, or if you win 100 games, you win 99 games, it still doesn't really mean anything. You know what's wild too about baseball? It might be the only sport, that first game, like Dodgers, Padres, that first game, Braves, Phillies, the Braves look like they hadn't played baseball in a month. It's, all, it's, it's almost like these guys are so used to their routine and playing every day. That it's almost an advantage for the wild card team, at least in that first game in the divisional series. Paulie? During the regular season, the Dodgers and Padres weren't even close. The Dodgers had outscored their opponents by 334 runs. That's top five all time, going back like 130 <laughs> years. The Padres outscored their opponents by 45 runs. They were an above average team. They didn't have Tatis, their, their big guy. And same with the the Braves. I mean, the Braves, uh, 101 wins. But it's better than when they had that one-game playoff where you could win 98 and be out in three hours. Yes. But the Dodgers had one horrible inning the other night. They gave up five runs when they had it. Well, listen, I want to hear from you guys in terms of your best and worst because there will be a lot 
for sure. I know, Fritzy, you wanted to say something? The season would go on way too long and pitchers would throw their arms out, but wild card best of five and then everything else best of seven, I would like to see that just to weed out who, who really are the best teams, but then would go into like mid-late November. Or Here's my recommendation to baseball, okay? Start the week after the Super Bowl and before the NFL regular season starts. <laughs> Do about a hundred regular season games and then go right into the playoff. Here's a question for you guys, and I want the listeners to chime in on this as well. Hit me up at Ross Tucker NFL or 8773DP show. I like know what the Phillies record is. I kind of follow them, but I don't watch them at all in the regular season. And they get to the playoffs. I have been glued to every inning. I text and talk to my buddies like I'm the biggest Phillies fan ever now. I'm like agonizing over every pitch. Am I a bandwagon fan or is it acceptable when you're 43, your main job is football, you have two kids? Like, you know what I am? I am the type of fan that when I was 10 years old and I loved Mike Schmidt and Von Hayes, okay, I'm the type of fan that I hate it. You know, I, the people that are diehard all year, they're diehard. Like, the Phillies hadn't made the playoffs since 2011. You have to have a lot of time available to be a hardcore baseball fan, to watch 160. Right, so am I a bandwagon jumper? No, you or are a, am I total, is it totally acceptable what I'm doing? You are a Phillies fan. You are not a hardcore supporter of the Phillies. Right. A day-to-day, watch call-ins, listen to sports radio, grind out every win or loss. No, that, definitely that's a, not. That's a different I'm the same with Sixers and Flyers. I couldn't even tell you five Flyers. If the Flyers get in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you'll think I'm like Mr. Hockey <laughs> if they get that far. I think that's normal, right? I think that's natural. I will say this, though. It's not like that, college football. College football, people are in it all year. That scene after Alabama-Tennessee, which I think that's got to be the college football game of the year so far, right? Easily? Oh, no doubt. Game day's there. Peyton Manning's the picker. Uh, undefeated for the first time. Tennessee had such a drought against Bama. Everything, Every storyline was in place, and the game outdid the storyline. You know what's interesting, too, about college football? I don't know what, you know, Tennessee might not end up winning the national championship or anything. Obviously, there's a lot to play. they got to play Georgia. But more so than, like, any professional sport, that Tennessee win will live on forever. Like they could finish the year eight and four, right? And 20 years from now, Hendon Hooker will be at a bar in Knoxville the night before a home game, and people will still be hugging him and dapping him up and getting his autograph and doing a shot with him or chugging a beer and being like, that was that was the greatest night of my life, man. I was with the goalpost. We took it down to the yeah. river. And then my buddies <laughs> yeah. and I went over here. Well, I did four ice loose shots. And then this one girl, blah, 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 blah. And then this, oh. and then this. <laughs> I mean, that, like, college football, more than any other sport, a one regular season game can live on forever. Marvin. Ask Johnny Manziel. Like, He's good. 
at Texas A&M. But Jalen Hyatt and uh, Hooker, they won't have to pay for another meal, another beer. They weren't paying for him anyway, by the way, before this. <laughs> oh, very, I got to tell you guys. True. I got to tell you guys. So I do. I do college football for CBS, right? So I do. I did the noon Colgate Army game at West Point. Which, by the way, let's go, uh, Paulie. This this Saturday, foliage will be peak fall foliage. Yeah, good call by this you. This past Saturday was amazing. This Saturday, I'm going to tag you in my tweet. It will be. Peak. Is Army home this next Saturday? They are. I'm going against. Louisiana Monroe. I'm in. Terry oh, Bowden. That's a battle. UL, it is. ULM's pretty good. Let's go. So I'm driving in the car to Connecticut to meet up with my buddy, all right? My fraternity brother from college. Two things that are interesting about this. Number one, I'm listening to the Tennessee broadcast. Local college football broadcasts are amazing. Like some of the advertisers, it's like pork. It's real. It's versatile. <laughs> like the, the Tennessee ones, it was Hendon Hooker. And Hendon Hooker was like, because now college kids can do that because NIL. Hendon Hooker was like, when I need my when I need my real estate in East Tennessee, I use polypapsed. It's like, wait a minute, Hendon. <laughs> like, aren't you in the dorms or something? Like, you, you need real estate in Eastern Tennessee? You're the quarterback of Tennessee, Marvin. These days, he might have real estate. The yeah. way things are going now with NIL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might now. Here's the other thing, though, that's interesting about that, okay? And obviously, there's an unbelievable amount of NFL stuff we're going to get into. Albert Breer will join us in about an hour from the MMQB.com. We'll have Rick Neuheisel at the start of the final hour from CBS Sports to talk college football. But I had an interesting situation that came up during the Tennessee-Alabama game that I want to get your thoughts on to see if I handled it the right way or if there would have been any other way to handle it. Unfortunately, my joy and zest for the upset and for Tennessee winning had to be muted. I'll explain why when we return. It is 16 minutes past the hour. Ross Tucker in for Dan on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is Steve Cavino And Rich Davis. And together, we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right. Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Cavino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa. Okay. 
I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. We could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards. Or we could talk about how with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. We're almost halfway through the fastest moving show in the galaxy. I do a lot of shows. Nothing moves faster than when I'm in the big chair filling in for Dan Patrick. Ross Tucker again with you here on a Monday. Dan will be back tomorrow. You can always hit me up at Ross Tucker NFL on social media or check out any of my podcasts if you miss me. They're only 30 minutes or less. And one of my frequent guests is actually Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter and lead content strategist. Wow. That is an interesting title at the MMQB. Here's what I'll tell you about Albert. I think he's the best out there. I, I think he's the best NFL writer out there, period. And I know that that might sound – I read a lot. I read everything Albert writes because he's all over it. Check him out on social media, at Albert Breer. Albert, good morning. How are you? Hey, Ross. I'm a little tired. How about you? Yeah, well, you had to write your column last night. That's a, ni- that, that's a nice hotel room. Tell me about your hotel room. Where are you? Yeah, this is, a, this is the residence inn near uh, where I do TV on Sunday night. And honestly, like the reason why people have asked me, like, why do you stay in a hotel on Sunday night? And the reason why, honestly, is I can't afford to lose the hour commu- the hour that I would driving home. So I do TV until about like 1230 a.m., and I write till somewhere between five and six thirty every more every Monday morning, and so losing that hour to going from TV back to my house would be like devastating. So yeah, here I am at the hotel. So how many hours did you sleep? Three. Three is about right. Yeah, I think to this morning it was like maybe like six forty-five to just before ten, so a little over three. Wow. Love it. So we're, I had to get up for you, Ross. I had to get up for you. I appreciate it. We're getting your fresh thoughts. I'm glad I said how much I liked you and how good I think you are. Um <laughs> at Albert Breer, of course, on social media. All right, I want to start with the Bucks and Packers. Mm-hmm. Which which loss is more concerning? Which team are you more concerned about? Brady and the Bucks? Or Rodgers and the Packers, and why? I'm I, like I, I feel like I, I feel like the Bucks are the right answer, right? Because like with the Packers, I do think that you look at the roster and you can say, okay, well, some of this is built in and some of this was planned, right? Like so, the Packers, you look at it, you say they're pacing some of their older guys back, like David Bakhtiari and, and Elton Jenkins. They didn't push those guys back on the field before they were ready. They sort of paced those guys back. 
Um, on defense, Jair Alexander still needs to get his feet underneath him. <clears throat> so, like, they – like, I feel like the Packers have a bunch of older players they were kind of working back onto the field, and then they're committing reps to younger players like Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. And part of the plan in replacing Devontae Adams was – we're going to go all in on some younger guys and we're going to give them time to develop. So at least with the Packers, you see a plan there where this isn't ideal by any means. Don't get me wrong, but like you could see some of the bumps coming. Whereas with the Bucks, it feels like, are they getting old? Like, you know, and you look at the, the, the inactive list yesterday, right? Like, and look who's on the inactive list. You know, it, 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 it's guys like Julio Jones that where the question is how much he has left in the tank. And what's Leonard Fournette going to look like at the end of the year? They're really relying on him right now. And, oh, by the way, the offensive line isn't close to what it was a year ago. And you you see um, Brady yelling at those guys in the sideline. Um, there's no Ali Marpet or Ryan Jensen or Alex Kappa out there. Um, I just look, look at the totality of the Bucks. And then you look at like where the Packers are, it's really easy to see where the Packers could fight through this and wind up being better for going through this. Is there a scenario there, Ross, where what the Bucs are going through is like for the betterment of the team? You know what I'm saying? That's my bigger question. Probably not. Um, It's funny, though, as you talk, I always get more questions. So uh, we didn't really ever talk about this. Is there anything Aaron Rodgers could have done to keep Devontae Adams I guess as you're talking and you mentioned Devontae Adams replacing him, in my head, Albert, if Tom Brady was the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams would not have left. I don't care how much he likes Derek Carr or how close they are, Tom Brady would not have let him leave. Like Somehow that would have happened. Does it say something about Rodgers that he wasn't able to keep Devontae Adams on some level? You know, the weird thing about it is is I I can still remember when all that was happening and you talk to people – around Rodgers and um, you talk to people at the Packers and everybody almost seemed resigned to it happening. You know what I mean? Like, and I know it hadn't been public and everything else, but like, you know, when you, when you started to kind of turn over some more rocks and you're always trying to figure out like when these big bombs go off, like how did this happen? How steady a thing this was and how like after Rodgers was so upset about the team not building for the, for, 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 for the now, you know, and how a whole part of, all the drama in 2021 was, I want you to build on my timeline. I want you to build the way that the Bucks are building for Brady, where you're not worried about what the roster looks like three years from now. Now, all of a sudden, you're totally okay. You know, with Devontae Adams going out the door, um, it just it felt like when it happened, it was such an inevitability. You know what I mean? Like, And so I think that that was the big thing. Like, I, I – I don't know if there was anything that 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 Aaron could have done to stop it. Now, would it have happened if Brady was was there? I, it's it's hard to say, you know, because Brady lost guys over the years too, and you can remember how upset he was. You know, I can go all the way back to, you know, when when they when they when they let David Gibbons walk out the door, and then they trade Dion Branch. You know what I mean? Like, good point. There are a ton of examples of that where Brady was upset when guys left. Um, you know, I for one reason or another. Like Rogers seemed really at peace with this, and it seemed like an inevitability to everybody concerned. Which I mean, tells me that Devontae Adams had sort of been contemplating this for a while, wanting to go back to the West Coast and not just play with Derek Carr, but be closer to home too. Is Brady? We're talking with Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist for the MMQB. Is Tom Brady on some level? 
hurting his reputation or legacy a little bit. You know, he skips 11 days during training camp, and now he skips the walkthrough Saturday. He's at Kraft's wedding Friday night. You know, because I was up in New England parts of 05 and 06, Albert, people ask me about him all the time, and my whole thing is, like, he's a total psycho. He's all in. Like, he's he's all in. He's not all in, Albert. Like, this is the first year I can ever remember where he's not all in, and he's kind of hurting – He's hurting my argument that he's successful because he's all in because he's not all in this year. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to turn this around on you then, Ross. Like, you know, he was the guy who, like, I remember Rodney Harrison always telling that story. Like, he, Rodney would walk into the locker room or into the weight room at 530 in the morning and Brady would be in there and say good afternoon to him. You know what I mean? Like, those are always the stories you heard about Brady when he was younger. And I think Brady always had this sort of, this, this equity, um, you know, in whatever team he was on with the amount of work he was putting in where he could get after whoever he wanted to get after because they knew this guy's putting in more than me, right? you know? Well, and really, and really, Albert, what I always tell people is I think the biggest reason for his success is the other guys don't want to let him down. Right. Because so, you know how important it is to him and how much time he puts in. You don't want to be the one that screws it up for him. So let me ask you this. If you're one of those linemen sitting on that bench yesterday – is it in the back of your head? This guy wasn't at the walkthrough yesterday. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're, <laughs> you know not, I mean? You're, not, you're not thinking about that in the moment. And it's but... not like this. And it's not, and, and, and Ross, it's not like that's the thing about it. It's like, it's not this guy wasn't at the walkthrough because there's some important family matter. This guy was at a party in New York City on Friday night, and he couldn't be bothered to get back here for that. It was actually you a know? surprise wedding. It was not a party. It was a surprise wedding. Yeah, and I, and I know what you're saying, but like, were you there? Were you, you invited? What, you know, you know, huh? Were you invited? I, I, were you there? I got my invite got lost in the mail. I don't know. What happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the thing is, like, I, I don't you feel like even if like five years ago, even if five years ago Tom Brady decided I have to go to this thing on Friday night with Robert Kraft, right? Don't you think he would have made the arrangement to get to the walkthrough? Of course. Like on Saturday morning, and of I don't course. know what time that walk through, but it's not at seven a.m. You know what I mean? Like, no, you get, you get there by eight a.m. He he could have flown back that night. He flies private. He flies private. Yeah, he could have gotten. He right made a conscious decision to not go back. He easily right. could have gone back. I don't know. Maybe his family's in New York, and he wanted to spend an extra day with them. I I don't know what yeah. his deal is. I mean, I mean, but that's the thing. That that's the thing to me is like I. Uh, it's just now it's getting to the point where, and, and look, a big part of this, like part of the reason why he's on the East Coast, um, and I don't know how many people know this, but part of the reason he's on the East Coast and went to the Bucks, not the Chargers, uh, two years ago was because his son Jack lives in New York, and he wanted to be able to go back and forth. And sometimes on off days, he'll go see his son Jack in New York, which is incredibly important, and it's great that he's doing that. To me, like that's in a different category than going to – like a party on a Friday night, you know what I mean? Like and going to a social event on a Friday night and not making it back for the Saturday walkthrough. So I do wonder about some of those things and you don't want to delve into, you know, somebody's personal life and everything else. But I just know this, like, this is a guy who like generally wouldn't miss anything. And now we've started to see like this string of things that have happened. And then the way he's talking is different too. Like if you listen to like, he would never really talk, about the end in finite time, finite terms, you know, like now he's doing it. You know what I mean? Like now, now he's actually talking about the end. And so it's just, you sort of, it's like that old saying where, what is it Ross? Like if a player's talking about retirement, he sort of already is retired. Well, that's what Parcells always said. You know, I didn't even right. get a chance to watch the video, Albert, cause I was 
doing stuff yesterday and watching games, but I saw where you said things have gone sideways a little bit between Mac Jones and the Patriots. Explain. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I think a big part of this is who Mac is, right? Mac is a big why guy. Like he wants to know why you're doing something. Why are we running this? Why am I being coached this way? Wait, why is this person being hired? Why are you handling my injury this way? And New England's never been a big why place, <laughs> as I think you know, right? Yes. I don't know that Bill's ever been big on giving everybody a full explanation for why he's doing. They it. intentionally do not. They don't want. Right. They don't want you to know why they're doing what they do, because then you'll tell other people, and they look at it as a competitive advantage that you don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Right. So, like, I think like. You know, Mac had a great rookie year, and he, had a, he was really close with Josh McDaniels. And obviously, Josh got a lot out of him. And I think Mac had a ton of respect for the job that Mac, the, the Mac had a ton of respect for the job that Josh did in developing him. So, this is obviously all very important to him, the way it is to any quarterback. And he knows how important the year one to year two transition is, how much growth there can be. And so, I think a big part of it for him was, wait a second. Why are you hiring a defensive defensive coach as my offensive coordinator? Why are you hiring a special teams coach as my quarterback's coach? Wait, why are we running a different offense now? Why are we doing things differently? I had a lot of success last year. Why aren't we building on what we did last year? Why, 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 right? And I, I don't think this isn't a knock on that. This is that generation, right? Like this is that generation where they always act, ask why. Most players who go into New England don't have the collateral to ask those questions, right? You're just trying to make it. Mac's a first-round pick. Mac played at Alabama. Mac was this way at Alabama with Nick Saban. So, like, I think coming out of his rookie year, there was – I think with all the change and everything else in New England, there was some natural friction there. And so that was the background. And then there was disagreement over the handling of his injury and whether or not he should get surgery. And so – I think that that's in, in what way he thought he should, they thought he shouldn't or vice versa. No, vice versa. They wanted him to get the tight rope. Then this is initially after he first got hurt uh, with a high ankle sprain, it was thought to be a pretty severe high ankle sprain. And what the tight rope surgery does, it doesn't really, it doesn't really fix your injury. It, it accelerates your recovery and it makes it so you can get back on the field faster and Max saw Jalen Hurts and Tua Tunga below in his in his position room at Alabama go through that surgery. Now, when Tua got it the second time, Tua got it twice. He came back and t- dislocated his hip. So he's seen like he's seen guys go through this. He's seen the good, and the bad of it, and he thought I'm going to be better off just rehabbing the injury. And there was some level of disagreement there. Now because the high ankle sprain didn't wind up being quite as severe as, as, um, as initially thought it wound up being less of an issue because now he's probably going to be able to get back within the time frame that the surgery would have put him back on the field. But there was some level of disagreement on that too. And I think that's to me like the backdrop for the Bailey Zappi thing and why Bill Belichick refuses to say, Max getting his job back. Have you noticed that? Like how many times yeah. he's been asked that? Like he refuses to say Max getting his job back. I think Max getting his job back. I think that there's a little bit of a a lesson being taught here where it's look, we're putting a fourth round rookie from Western Kentucky out there. Look what happens when he does what we tell him to. And I think to their credit, Mac Matt Patricia and Joe Judge 
are doing a pretty good job with the guy, you know, having the guy ready to go and playing this way. So I think that there's a, a little bit of a, I'd say, I'd say a lesson being learned here, you know what I mean? Or a lesson being taught here where I think the the Patriots would like Mac to take something from all of this and we'll see which way this pushes the relationship between Mac and the Patriots, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Two, two quick ones, Panthers. How many guys are they trading the next couple of weeks? I don't think it's going to be a fire sale. I think one of the things that's unique about the Panthers situation is a lot of their guys would be good that they have now. And you can look at the roster would actually be good building blocks for whoever the next coach is. Like, like a lot of their best players, like Brian Burns. So the two guys they've got the most calls on are Brian Burns and DJ Moore, the pass rusher and the receiver. Burns is 24 years old. He's going into a contract year, but they, or he's in a contract year, but they will, they can franchise him after the year. Why would you give up a 24 year old pass rusher, right? Unless you're getting something phenomenal in return. DJ Moore, same thing. I think he's 25. He's on a pretty team friendly contract now. They just signed him to an extension. So why would you get rid of a number one receiver on a on a team friendly contract with term left? The guys who are younger than that are on rookie contracts. Hickey Kwanu, um, you know, JC Horn. Derek Brown, those guys are on rookie contracts. So there's no reason to trade, trade those guys. You have really good players on cheap, cheap, cheap deals for the next few years. And so I think a lot of the guys that they're getting calls on are guys that would be good for the next coach to have and might help you lure the next coach, might make your job attractive to the next coach. So I think that the number of guys that they'd really be motivated to look at moving um, is pretty limited and it'd be a Robbie Anderson who, I mean, maybe they're going to put, probably put him out on the corner like a like a couch in college after what happened yesterday. And um, and then, I mean, I mean, the other one would be Christian McCaffrey, who's interesting because he's like, like he is the type of guy you would move if you were that franchise because he's an aging running back. And how much is he going to have left when the next coach is ready to win and all of that? But he's the face of the franchise. And, and how much are people really people? willing to give up for him, too, is a whole other question. Yeah. I don't think I don't I think mean, that's that the much. thing is that's the thing is, Ross is like, if somebody throws you like a third round pick or a fourth, is that worth it? Or would you rather give Steve Wilkes a chance to win with Christian McCaffrey? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a fair question to ask. Thank you, Albert. Check him out on social media at Albert Breer. Make sure you check out his column. He just slept three hours so that you could have an awesome column and he could come on the show. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Ross. You know, there's one question I didn't get to ask Albert that I'm going to ask all of you guys. I'm talking about the Danettes and maybe you guys, the callers. When we come back, 43 minutes past the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Final hour on a Monday. That pumps me up every hour. Like that whole Josh Allen, Mahomes montage there. Of course, I have an affinity for the Bills. That was my favorite team of the five that I played for. I think most of you know by now I did get a chance to play in the NFL for seven years. Now I got a bunch of media gigs, including filling in for Dan, I don't know, a couple times a year. Used to be a lot more when Dan would take more time off, but Dan's in most of the time now, and this is the first time I was nervous in a while because you guys all had me in my head about not moving stuff around, (laughs) but I have to have my own computer in front of me. I want to give a shout-out to everybody watching live on Peacock, including my in-laws, mother-in-law, father-in-law watching. uh, My mother-in-law, Rachel, sent me a picture. The subtitles are right over my face. 
the subtitle. So she can't see my face right now because this is where the subtitles are right now for people watching <laughs> on Peacock. Appreciate the support. Fox Sports Radio, all the affiliates. Love those of you that check it out on podcast later and hit me up on social at Ross Tucker NFL. Please, please, please. If you ever miss me, check out any of my shows, Ross Tucker football podcast or the betting podcast, even money up three units again this weekend. There is a game tonight. Uh, evidently Fritzy will be watching. We'll all be watching because it's an NFL game and it's on TV. There's a game Sunday night. The Steelers head to Miami to battle Tyree kill and the Dolphins Sunday, 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. That is an interesting one. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Do you think there's anybody that doesn't watch that game because they don't want to see Tua get hurt again? Tua's going to be out there. I Listen, I went to dinner with a couple. I heard from my wife. I don't know that people want to see Tua Tungo Violo out there playing football again. My guess is they weren't watching that game anyway. And it's just a hot topic that's crossing over to non-sports fans or casual sports fans. Like, it was on the Today Show. That, that's not sports fans. Yeah, you're right. They probably weren't going to watch it anyway. Right. They're they just very saw concerned. the highlights. They yeah, just saw the, not the highlights, but they just saw the, him, the fencing posture on the ground. We're going to have Rick Neuheisel, by the way, in like a minute. Rick is standing by because I, I can't get enough of this Tennessee-Alabama game. I can't get enough of college football. That Utah win over USC was amazing. I am not sure there's a more passionate group of fans than college football fans. It just, as passionate as people are about like the Yankees who play the Guardians tonight or NFL teams, it just feels like college football, for whatever reason, it's a bigger part of their identity. I thought maybe that maybe that is because it's college kids too. So that literally it is part of their identity because they attend school there, Marvin. Yeah, and I think that when you live somewhere and you're in that area, like say you're in Tennessee or you're in Alabama where there's not a pro football team and that becomes your team and you went to school there and then you leave, look, people have such great attachments to their colleges or even the teams they root for. Like look, I hate Eric Devendorf. Another random guy because he went to Syracuse. Who's your squad? I like uh, UConn. You know that was my favorite team growing up. Do why? You know why? Not football. Guess. See if you can guess. UConn basketball. 
in the 90s. Oh, Daniel Marshall? Yes! Danielle Marshall. I can get him on the show sometime. I could do Fritzy's job and get Danielle on the show sometime. Danielle's from my hometown of Reading. So when he went to UConn, I got the UConn starter jacket, the hoodie starter jacket, and I was all in. I mean, to this day, my high school girlfriend wonders why I never called her. I was like, well, Monday was Big Monday. Tuesday was SEC Big East Tuesday. When, like, when did you want me to call you? Right. <laughs> Go on. I, I mean, there was college basketball. Yeah, find other girlfriends. Every night. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk to you Friday. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, high school girlfriend. Back off. Ray Allen's playing Allen Iverson tonight. Yeah. Relax. It's Monday. Yeah. UConn Georgetown. <laughs> Relax. All right. Daron Sheffer. I remember, I remember Daron Sheffer. Good pull. With, uh, That's a good pull. Yeah. Danielle was awesome, man. Absolutely Ralph Gar. awesome. I absolutely love college football. Love that Tennessee-Alabama game. I'm, I'm really curious. We have uh, Rick joining us, the college football analyst. He was in studio all game for that Alabama-Tennessee game on Saturday, where they even like showed the aftermath for like 30 minutes after the game. But I'm curious, Rick, like what did you say on the pregame show? What did you think was going to happen? I actually took Alabama in the pregame. Uh, I just said, you know, this is Nick Saban. He is going to have challenged his defense, uh, given the, you know, the exploits of this Tennessee office, offense all season long. Uh, they in Ohio State are at the top of the rankings in every offensive category. And I thought that defense was good enough to be able to corral Hen and Hooker and company. And it just didn't turn out that way. And, and I think it's also important uh, for everybody to remember that was uh, Bryce Young at his best. Don't, don't say he was hurt. He played brilliantly. Those were two NFL quarterbacks going back and forth, throwing salvos at each other. Uh, in that ball game, Hen and Hooker and Bryce Young will both play on Sundays and play well on Sundays. It was just a great day for college football and the long starving fans on Rocky Top. They might still be there, Ross. They might still be up there on Rocky Top. I don't know. They're still on top. It might be more Rocky Bottom right now, but uh, they're still uh, fervently celebrating that game. You know, it's so funny, Rick, watching that at the end of the game. I, I'm very happy with my life and how it turned out, and I like that I played football and went to the Ivy League or whatever. But I would love to do life again. Just give me one more shot just to be a fraternity guy at one of these Power 5 schools in one Knoxville. One little hit off one of those stills, right? <laughs> just let me have one day where I could just tailgate before the game, enjoy everything. Hold my beer and watch this. Unbelievable. It, it was awesome. So I have, I'm curious about Alabama, though. I didn't Saban say last year was a rebuilding year? Because I'm watching them think, okay, they have Will Anderson back. He should have been the number one pick last year. They have Bryce Young back. He won the Heisman last year. They have transfers like Jamar Gibbs. I guess I'm a little surprised that Alabama is as vulnerable as they appear to be this year. Well, they're kind of it's self-inflicted wounds. Remember in the Texas game, they had 15 penalties. Almost yeah. cost themselves a game there. Bryce Young put him on their on his back, literally, as that uh, corner went over his back and, and got him into field goal range to get that win 20-19. to 19. This game, they have 17 penalties. 
They they continually do it. One of them was a little bit of a phantom call. That pass interference on fourth and six. I went back and watched the film. You can't see the official call it. I mean, he calls it when the guy's uh, uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry is about 20 yards down the field because I'm watching for both those, the side judge and the back judge, and neither one's reaching for a flag until he's out of the screen. I mean, it was a late, late call. But uh, And then at the end, you know, Nick Saban, I think, is one of the great tacticians in all of college football. Not only does he recruit the best talent, but he manages games extremely well. You have to run the ball at the end of that yes. game. Yes. You have to run the ball and not only try to get a few more yards for your kicker, you have to make Tennessee use their timeouts. Right. Without those timeouts, Tennessee can't get themselves back into field goal range. They had 15 seconds as it ended up because of three incomplete passes, and they had timeouts, two of them to be exact. If if you use the if you use running games, they're they're those are gone and. Did you see the Kansas City Chiefs do it again? Yes. The Kansas City Chiefs at the end of the first half in 16 seconds went right down the field. So uh, a little bit of a mishap right there for uh, Saban and company. Correct. I mean, between the penalties and the clock management at the end, very uncharacteristic of Alabama. As we talk with Rick Neuheisel, does an awesome job as the CBS Sports College football analyst. Gets to call some games as well. He's always in the studio. Here's my question about Tennessee, Rick. Are they back back? Because you know how there's programs that are down and then they'll have a big game and people be like, oh, Texas, you know, Texas went to the Sugar Bowl with Sam Ellinger. They did this. How do we know if what Tennessee's doing means they're going to be a top 10 blue blood program again for years or it's like a one year Hendon Hooker boost, so to speak? It will all be reliant on the success of their quarterback in the Josh Heupel system. Hypo spreads people way out. It's kind of like what Art Bryles used to do. It's a high school thing, right? When you don't have a good enough offensive line, and by the way, Tennessee's offensive line was heroic in terms of corralling a pass rush that was really non-existent on this particular Saturday. But when you spread people out, you basically can pick your poison as to how you're going to play them. If they go out and spread with us, we have a running game inside, including with that, the quarterback run. Hooker's been uh, terrific. He went for over 100 yards in the Florida game. Uh, if you want to play kind of inside and, and, and be in position to kind of help in that running game, now you're going to get lots of inside routes, whether it's a slant on a quick, whether it's an in, which they hit countless ones, or a post where you run past safeties, and they were able to do that against Alabama. The offense works as long as you have a trigger man. Uh, I, I kind of liken this team now to what we saw in 2019 with Burrow and company, right? Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, this this receiver core. And remember, Cedric Tillman's not available. He wasn't available in this game. When he comes back, you put him with Jalen Hyatt, who had the five touchdown catches, uh, Brew McCoy, the kid that transferred from USC, and that uh, Ramel Keaton, who catches everything. Uh, I This is a really potent offense. So I'm curious, though, Rick, from the Alabama side, does this game even matter? I mean, because I was, I was actually with a buddy of mine. I was with a fraternity brother of mine. He's a big Alabama fan. I didn't even realize it. He's a big Alabama fan. And I said, they're still going to win the SEC West. They're still going to go to the SEC Championship. And if they win that game, they're still going to the college football playoff. I mean, to me, it almost feels like it was irrelevant. Am I wrong? Maybe Nick Saban's best uh, tact as a coach is knowing which game he can lose. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you're exactly right. This was the crossover game. 
you know, West versus East. So he can afford to lose this one and get himself in there and think this through Ross. What if, uh, Tennessee loses in Athens in a couple of weeks when they go and play Georgia, Georgia goes to the championship game, loses to Alabama as they did last year. And we have three one loss teams and throw in Ole Miss. They get beat by Alabama and they end up with only one loss. We have four one loss teams from the sec. Now, you can't hardly imagine a table for four in the college football playoff from the SEC. But if there were carnage around the country, it wouldn't be that far outside the realm of possibility. That is amazing. Who do you think is the best team right now, Rick? Ohio State. Ohio State looks to have corrected. Now, we haven't seen the epic game for them. The Notre Dame game right now is kind of falling off uh, the table as a real challenge, even though it was Notre Dame in week one and so forth. But Ohio State offensively, and remember, they're doing everything that they're doing without Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's going to be coming back here soon. Once he's right, you put him with those other receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr. and company, and you've got C.J. Stroud. That's been proven. You've got two big-time running backs in Henderson and Williams. Both, when the other's hurt, ends up, having a, a marquee game and I and I go back to a defense with Jim Knowles that's been kind of corrected so if Ohio State does what I expect them to do they've got Iowa and Penn State the next couple of weeks uh, I think Ohio State's the best team in the country curious about your thoughts on CJ Stroud you know I know that every player is unique and you can't just look at the track record of other guys from their school but watching Justin Fields last Thursday night I couldn't help but think a little bit, Rick, about C.J. Stroud's draft stock. I know he makes some good throws, but when you watch Ohio State, Rick, he never has a muddied pocket. His receivers are unbelievable. I mean, last year, Chris Olave, I mean, the deep post to Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, nobody's within 10 yards of him. That is not the way NFL football is, and you know it. And I wonder how much that hurts the Ohio State quarterbacks because they're so used to a clean pocket, crazy open receivers, and then they get to the NFL. It's not like that at all. Well, they have kind of had their way this year, and uh, it's one of the reasons I'm telling you I, they're, they're, they're my pick for the best team in the land. But if you'll remember, when Garrett Wilson and Chris Olavi were having their pro day, yeah, the guy throwing to him was C.J. Stroud. And every pro scout that was there came away saying, Wilson, yes, Olavi, yes, but Stroud, oh, my, yes. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it was an oh, my session in terms of the balls that he was throwing. You can't downgrade him because he's got some time. But he, and there's plenty of film if you go back and look at some of the games where he does make plays in the pocket, gets, you know, extends plays with his legs, makes, makes the big run. Uh, CJ Stroud is a terrific, terrific prospect right now. Right now, the two kids in the Tennessee game are both going to play in the NFL. CJ Stroud's going to be a big timer in the NFL. And I tell you, the kid at Utah, Cam Rising, I don't know if you saw the Utah USC game. I did. He, he's an NFL quarterback. He kind of, you know, got the big shoulders, runs like Elway. You know, that kid is a real deal in Cam Rising. Yeah, he had those gutsy runs late. That was an awesome game, too. It was a tremendous day. Rick, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Wait a minute, Russ. You know, when I come on Dan's show, I usually have a little song. And since it's, it's, it's you. Okay. I figured quickly 
what we do is we just do a little song that you can have as your jingle when you're when you're hosting okay. DP when DP's you know I the cats it. away kind of thing. It's Ross Tucker in the morning in for Dan. It's Ross Tucker in the morning in for Dan. It's who the hell's Ross Tucker? He's one crazy mother. Uh-uh. It's Ross Tucker in the morning in for Dan. There you go, boy. Rick, that was amazing. That was amazing. I interviewed, go, I interviewed Rick at the Army-Navy last year, and he said, I have some John Madden in me. Now he does that. Rick, you're like, I, I need to interview you more. I, I love it. Thank you so I'm much. I'm available. I, fired football coaches have one thing in common. We're available. <laughs> exactly. Thanks so All much right, for pal. coming on, Rick. Really appreciate it. Take care, my friend. That guy is awesome. You got your own song. Yeah, I mean, and I forgot that he does that with you guys. I forgot that he has. I wish I had any type of musical talent whatsoever. I have nothing. Singing, instruments, nothing. Seton, Seton, you definitely play like guitar or something, right? Yeah. I See, I would have bet a lot of money on that. Why? Because you like music? Because you have tattoos? Maybe. Am I like typecasting you I as a like guitar player? I feel like you're stereotyping player? me a yes. little bit. Yes. Fritzy, I'm not feeling... Fritzy, I think you could be maybe a surprise singer. I like to sing. I don't know how good I am at it, but I like to sing. I used to play at Me Zoo back in the day. <laughs> I picture you singing like, like, like uh, doing like Frank Sinatra covers. I'm more of a Hall & Oates Billy Joel you know what's so funny? This whole weekend when I was up at West Point working out in my earbuds, best of Billy Joel. Fantastic. Billy Joel's awesome. I mean, during the Allentown song, I was like 130 with my heart rate. <laughs> it was awesome. I was getting fired up about what they did to the construction workers that, in Allentown. That doesn't sound like a, a football pump-up song to learn about the demise of the American worker uh, <laughs> right before you're going to run out and just tear someone's head off. Well, no, it's not. A, it's, I'm not. I was working out at 8 a.m. in the morning. But you were throwing some weight around, right? No, no. I was like doing the steps. Oh. Steps in front of the Thayer Hotel. <laughs> Marvin, you got you definitely have musical ability. I'm Luther Vandross in the shower. Yeah. I am phenomenal. Yeah, you have a great voice. Thank you. All right, hold on. <clears throat> I was just playing. <laughs> Paulie? I played the drums in like fifth and sixth grade. There's a reason I stopped. I think everyone agreed I should stop. The band leader, me. You know what instrument I played? I took like five lessons with a trombone. I went trombone because when they showed it to us, I thought that looked sweet. Like the guy like, <laughs> like, you know, the trombone, it looked like you were almost like punching somebody. I thought that was awesome. It turns out it's real, real hard to play. We haven't even gotten the best of the worst of the weekend from you guys yet. We'll do that when we come back. 19 minutes past the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite.